Live from the clubhouse, it's the Scary Movie Clubcast. This is Nadine, and tonight we watched the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and we loved it. So <laughs> we're gonna, <good>. Yes, <laughs> we're going to go around the, circles, uh, the circle and give you guys our reviews. I personally thought it was like one of the best. I saw it twice in theater, which is a big deal because I'm super cheap, <laughs> so I paid to see it twice and paid for my mom to see it once. And then we watched it together. That was my third time seeing it. <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. Five out of five marks. Yes. Um, this is Amanda. Also loved it. Just love Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like my baby. And yeah, definitely uh, five out of five overflowing pictures of marks. Mm -hmm. This is Mackenzie. I'm a not for anything Charles Manson being related. <laughs> I love him unapologetically. Our little Manson girl. Yeah. <laughs> I am a Manson girl. So I'd give it five out of five marks. This is Megan. Uh, movie was spectacular. It was everything that I could want in a movie. The scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is yelling at himself in the trailer it. was <laughs> iconic. Improv, by the way, in case you didn't know it and you're listening. So iconic. So good. Five out of five endless marks. Yes. <laughs> it is endless mark night tonight. Bottomless marks. Bottomless picture of marks. We also loved the little girl like crazy. Oh, <laughs> she was so cute. Amazing. Yeah, we could go on and on, but we won't. Because we have a very special cast for you guys tonight. What we've done is we have split into teams. Amanda and I teamed up and Megan and Mackenzie teamed up. What we did is we each picked an urban legend, and we researched it together in our teams, and now we're going to come together and tell you about the urban legends that we have researched. Amanda's going to start us Yay. out. <clears throat> there it is again. But it's a thing. I can't take this anymore. It's like everywhere I go, all I see is this tall, seemingly faceless creature. It's been following me and haunting my dreams ever since I first saw it. All it does is stand there and watch me. It constantly feels like I'm being watched and hated. I can't sleep. I can't go outside. I can't function as a normal person anymore. That was the beginning of the creepypasta Slenderman question mark by Josh Dean. It's, we made a bit of a edited abridged version to make it more family friendly and just to a bit more polished. The Slenderman, um, to give you a brief description of him, he is a it's, he's a modern modern myth. He was extremely tall. Well, he's described as being extremely tall, abnormally long limbs, man shape, sometimes seen with tentacles. Shape. <laughs> and, yeah, Wish there were more boys like that. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> um, appears to be wearing a dark suit and has a white featureless face. Um, so more specific. What morph suit. Yes, so <laughs> a tall guy in a morph suit. Basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty Get much some much. stilts, morph suit, you're done. You're done. You're Man. The Slender Man is found in the woods, usually uh, near a residential area. Not much of known is how about how he chooses his victims. All that we know is that. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, my slideshow. <laughs> Man, it's got a PowerPoint for us. We'll try to attach Slender it somewhere in case you guys want to look at it. This is the picture of the Slender Man. His natural habitat. Yeah, like a spider. Yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Tendrils. Spider <laughs> um, yeah, so not much is known about how he chooses his victims. It's kind of like once you start hearing about the Slender Man is when he starts coming for you. And the more you look into him, the more you try to find out, the worse it is. So you guys yeah. are screwed. 
You can't yeah. summon mm-hmm. him, but well, and the more you they've now know. trapped us into their yeah. Thing. yeah, 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 exactly. It's like room. a chain letter in that way. It's Amazing. like once you learn about it, you send it on to other people, and that's how the slender goes. Can I do but a dirty what? like that? You don't have to stress. It's fake. <laughs> what? Indeed. <laughs> Spoiler. Um. Anyway, um, but it's also similar to this paranormal phenomena thing called a tulpa, which is like a thought monster so it's like it's a creature or ghost or paranormal phenomenon that you think into creation like the more you think about it the more real it becomes and the more other people like the more the world thinks about it the more material it becomes is mm. the idea of a tulpa monster version of a poltergeist <laughs> and those who've seen slenderman tend to suffer from something called slender sickness slender sickness are typically paranoia nightmares delusions sometimes nosebleeds blackouts and like the loss of time and sometimes a bad cough. These are featured pretty heavily in the YouTube series Marble Hornets. Slender's Man causes, also causes interferences with electrical equipment, specifically on video and audio recordings. Well, and what's interesting too about Slender Man is that like, it kind of depends who is talking about him as to which of these powers he has and doesn't have. Like in some of the creepypastas, it'll be like, he can teleport, or he's a mind reader. Mm-hmm. And in other ones, it's like, he is super villain. Yes, totally different. Sometimes he has good intentions, try to save and rescue little children. Other times he's murderer. <laughs> he is murder man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way to know you're in the Slender Man's crosshairs is that you feel compelled to or you are plagued by these crude drawings of the Slender Man. Um, they tend to include pictures of Slender Man, his symbol, which is a circle with an X through it. Some stories include human helpers, known as proxies, who assist Slender Man in his bidding. Those haunted by the sem- Slender Man tend to go missing and are never seen or heard from again. Jumping back into the, to the end of our story by Josh. <clears throat> Get it together. <clears throat> I'm paranoid. I'm scared. I can see the outline of a man forming in the corner. A really tall, thin man. It looks like he's wearing a suit. Oh no, it's him. He's here. Just like in my dream. He lifts his arm and stretches across the room over my head. He rests his hands on my forehead. I thought about grabbing his arm and trying to push it away, or getting up out of bed and trying to break down the door, but something told me there's no use. Then these tendrils came from behind him and wrapped around my entire body. Before I could scream, it reached my face and covered my mouth. As it enveloped my head, the last thing to be covered was my eyes, which had been shut. I decided to open them. I looked directly up, and he was there, standing over me, looking down. He was the last thing I ever saw. Although he has no face, I swear, he seemed to smile. A little bit about the history of Slenderman is, um, interesting thing about him is he's a modern myth, so we know exactly when he came into existence. He was born June 10th, 2009. Hmm. Um, as part of a photo editing photo editing contest on the Something Awful forums by Eric Knudsen, Silent Kid, also known as Victor Surge, which is his pet name that he used. So there are two photos he submitted. One is of this little girl. She's just uh, climbing up on a slide. There's a bunch of little kids in this part. And then in the very background, there's this tall man with what looks like tentacles and little kids surrounding him. Very eerie. And this is uh, what the caption for that photo reads. It's one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. And that's the history of the Slender Man. Yeah, so this blew up 
on May 31st, 2014, three 12-year-old girls, Anissa Wire, Morgan Geyser, and Bella Peyton Lautner, um, which her name is Peyton, but she went by Bella, they had a birthday party for Morgan the night before. They went skating. They slept over at her house. Fun 12-year-old girl stuff, you know. And then they're going to the park. It's going to be a great day. Twist. Morgan and Anissa have been planning to kill Bella for months. Bum, they... bum, yes. Yeah. They started planning this murder in February. So they get to the park and they go into the bathroom. Anissa decides that she's going to like hit Peyton's head into the wall to try to knock her out because the stuff that she's read on the internet says that it's easier to kill someone if their eyes are shut so that you don't have to see their your reflection in their eyes so it's not like you're killing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so she just like slams Peyton's head into the wall and it doesn't work. It doesn't knock her out. She's just like confused about what just happened. And then Morgan tries to give Anissa the knife because it was planned that Anissa would be the one to murder Bella. Anissa's like, I'm too scared. You're going to have to be the one to do it. So then they tell Bella that they're going to play hide and seek. Bella doesn't want to play. She's not interested, but they're like, no, we're going to do this. And then you can pick what we do after that. Anissa takes Bella into the woods while Morgan counts. Morgan has the knife on her at this point. It's like a five inch kitchen blade. She counts, and then Anissa's in there, and she made Bella get on the ground and, like, covered her up with, like, leaves and twigs and stuff, and even, like, got on top of her at one point. Morgan comes to where she is, and Morgan's like, I'm not gonna do it unless you tell me to do it. And Anissa walks, like, ten feet away, and then is like, go crazy, go berserk. And Morgan stabs Bella 19 times, like, jumps on top of her, gets very close to her face, and is like, I'm sorry. And then stabs her 19 times. So not sorry. Um, How did she describe it? Tell us, tell us, tell us. Then Anissa comes over, and, like, they pull her away, and and Anissa says alright, we're gonna go get help. Don't move too much or else you'll lose too much blood and you'll die. They have no intention of going to get help. They, their plan, they're 12-year-old girls, so even though they've plotted out this murder, let's get a little contrast, their plan now is to walk 300 miles. Doable. Doable. To Nicolette National Park, where they believe that it is, that Slenderman's mansion is, and that they are going to go and live with him as his property because yeah. now they've done this murder for him. Yeah, that's something that appears more in the it. other creepypastas is that Slenderman has his mansion and he has all these proxies who do his bidding. Some of that stuff gets real freaky-deaky, if you know what I'm saying. Luckily, Bella didn't believe them and tried her best to, like, edge her way towards the bike path. Someone biking home finds her, this man. She immediately, from the get-go, is like, my best friend did this to me. They're looking for these girls. They were walking for five hours. Do we want to take guesses of how far they got in their 300-mile journey? I think they yes, maybe yes, got yes. eight miles. Fifteen. Five. No, they didn't go no. five miles! Was that five They did! It was five hours! And literally, when they're in the police place, Anissa, who is the worst, is standing there and, like, one of the first things that she says to the detective people is, do you know how far we walked? Because I'm not usually very athletic, but it felt like we went so far. I mean, how do you only make it five miles unless you're sitting down a lot? Oh, they were. Which they also had a breakdown point, because at one point, Anissa breaks down and blames everything on Morgan, and then Morgan starts to cry and says that 
that Slender Man told her that if they didn't do this, that he was going to kill their families, and that that's why they had to do it. And it becomes very important later in the court case that Anissa, Anissa is the one who tells this to the police. Morgan isn't the one who tells that story. Anissa says, I broke down, and then she broke down, and that's what she said, and Morgan isn't one to cry, and blah, blah, blah. And it's very important because Anissa then says, I didn't know that we were in any danger until we had already done it. She literally, like, says that phrase, pretty much. Um, and they end up being charged as adults, which was, like, a big decision to make. They both enter insanity, please. Morgan is schizophrenic, and it's extremely early onset, like, crazy so rare. rare. Yeah, so rare. Yeah, because it usually presents in, like, your uh, 20s? 20s, yeah, mm-hmm. because that's when you start to get, like, the stress of, like, real life is, yeah. like, 18, 19, 20, and you're, like, an adult, and it's like, oh, pass. And so you're like, yeah, um, and she had her first hallucination when she was three, three years old. It's, like, wild. Oh, it's yeah. so rare. Like, it was so rare that when I first heard it, I was like, no. I was like, lies. I was like, let me see how you guys were lying about this. But no, the more that I researched it, the more that I was like, oh my gosh, this girl has this. Because in the, like, videos when she's talking to the police, they'll leave the room for a little bit, and she'll be talking, like, to no one. And she, her mom said that she believed in Santa till she was 11, so she, like, just latches onto things yeah. and believes so that they're real. So she probably and... saw Santa, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It turns out that her dad also is a schizophrenic, and they didn't tell her because she was so young, yeah, yeah. and they didn't really... Why would you? Yeah. I would, personally. Like, I, mean, I 12 is old to me, I mean, personally, maybe. I think but that's when you start to consider telling, because, I mean, that's it's not until it then way that they even consider personally. that they'd even understand what that even was. No, I don't know. Yeah, for me, it'd be more like eight, if even, that old. Because I would never want my child to find out some other way. Mm-hmm. 12-year-olds know so much. Like, they're going to school in middle school with older kids. I I just wouldn't want my kids to, like, come across the medication in the cabinet because kids also be nosy and they just be going through your stuff for no reason and be like, and Google it and then be like, oh, my dad's a schizophrenic. They never told me. I, I wouldn't want that. So I would tell my kid I mean, early. I mean, I guess it's different. I mean, her parents are a bit older than we are, presumably, and so they grew they grew up before like before we did definitely before their kids did so they're not used to like this easy access to the internet because kids grow up faster now right and they learn more a lot faster than we ever did or at least i ever did oh yeah for sure definitely wasn't googling things yeah at 12 uh but so morgan enters that insanity plea because she is actually like mentally incompetent in this case um anisa they enter an insanity plea for her and they say that she has slender man delusion like mm, here we go with naming things after slender man for no reason <laughs> And it was, like... Slender sickness, slender delusion. Basically, they said that, like, because of the friendship that it created this, like, perfect storm for this to happen, and it's essentially crap. Um, and so 10 out of 12 jurors agreed that, uh, because... that the mental disorder prevented her from knowing her conduct was wrong, which... I don't believe, personally. Like, if I were a juror, I would have voted the other way. Because I think that even if you give in to the fact that, like, oh, okay, it was a delusion, she still premeditated this only, in her mind, for the benefit of becoming his proxy and then continuing to do these sorts of things. Not, like, like she said in her interview, she wasn't scared. She didn't think that he was, like, after her in Mm -hmm. that way. 
so to me it was just you were a murderer in the making like no one of the other creepy things um while they're being interviewed is that morgan is like is she alive and the, the detective is like i don't know she was taken to the hospital and when he says that she was looking down and she just like looks up like um like she's clearly surprised by that information not like happy surprised or relieved but she was like i was just wondering but her head shoots up it's like creepy and then if that wasn't bad enough the way anisa asked is she's like where's bella's body now and the person was like at the hospital and she's like oh i thought it would still be at the crime scene no and the person goes did you think she died and she was like yeah and the person was like and it's really evident that she sees this as a crime. She knows it's wrong. Exactly. I mean, they wanted her to die. And they, like, I, I don't think that Morgan fully understood what was happening or what she was doing. Yes. But I do think that Anissa, as well as a 12-year-old, could understand. Like, given she was only 12. Like, yes. I don't want to totally discount that. But I think as well as a 12-year-old could understand, she did understand. So, Mackenzie and I, we researched the black-eyed children or the black-eyed kids um, Have you guys ever heard of the Black Eyed Kids? Never in my life. I know, it was so hard to not research. Because once you guys <laughs> picked this, and then I couldn't research it until you guys told me about it, it was so hard. They are not related to the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, what? <laughs> no. That was my first guess. <laughs> yeah. I know They're was. not their children. The urban legend of Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Some say they Some lie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe... So, history of the black-eyed children. The first reported story of the black-eyed children dates back to 1996. Brian Bethel uh, had his experience in Abilene, Texas, and the experience that he wrote down was that he had gone to go pay his internet provider. Um, He was going to just, like, drop off a check in their Dropbox. So he had gotten to the parking lot and his the Dropbox was right next to a movie theater so he was using the light from the movie theater to write his check mm-hmm. and while he was in the car writing uh, his check these two boys came up and knocked on his window and they were asking for a ride to their mom's house so that they could get some money so that they could go see the movie that was showing at the movie theater. And so he describes them as being between the ages of 9 to 12. So he, like, cracks the window and, like, they start talking. And he immediately has this, like, gut-wrenching fear. But he has no idea why. Because, I mean, they're, like, 9, 12-year-old boys. Oh, too many 12 <laughs> but it's like he logically he has yeah. no reason to fear these children but he just like has this all-consuming fear that he can't like he can't reason like justify yeah, exactly and so he talks to them he says that they kept trying to reassure him saying oh it won't take long uh we're just two little kids And he said the most unnerving reassurance that they gave him was, it's not like we have a gun or anything. Oh, no. (laughs) Not reassuring at all. I'd be like, where are your parents? (laughs) boys. Around that time is when he broke eye contact with them. And when he went to go look again, that is the first time he noticed that they had black eyes. So this Mm -hmm. whole time he hadn't noticed it. And when he looked away and looked back, he... That's when he saw them, and he described them 
as soulless orbs, like two great swatches of starless night. <laughs> what is this guy, an aspiring writer? Get out of town. He, he's a journalist. He's a journalist. Not a good one. Soulless <laughs> orbs. <laughs> I mean. Um, so uh, he immediately puts the car in reverse. Uh-huh. Does not look, just backs on out of that parking spot. Luckily, it was pretty, like, quiet night, so Uh there was nobody else in the parking lot. And so he, like, he hightails it out. He's like, okay, bye! (laughs) And just, like, leaves. And uh, he said when he reached the end of the parking lot, he looked back, and they were completely gone. When there was no place, because it was, like, such a short period of time, there was no place they could have gone this parking lot was basically empty. There wasn't any place they could have been hiding. So it was just super creepy experience. There was an article where someone had asked him, uh, what are these children? So this is a quote from Brian Bethel. He says, I don't know for sure. What I do know is that they are predators and we are the food. But they do want something from us. Maybe they do just want to kill. But I tend to think the design is far more complex than that. Until you've been on the receiving end of those terrible dark eyes filled with hate and torn from the very depths of night and time. I'm not sure you can understand. We got a liar. (laughs) He's not dramatic. No, this he's just telling the facts as they are. No (laughs) embellishment. No opinions. This is take his thesaurus away. No, but the (laughs) the best. Okay, so I listened. There's a, good. <laughs> there's a podcast where he, like, came on, Brian mm-hmm. Bethel, he came on and he, like, retold his experience, answered questions. He asked him a similar question, like, who do you think these children are? Uh, this is Brian Bethel's answer at this time. He thinks they are interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial entities. Stop. Interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial entities. I'm (laughs) ultra-terrestrial. Interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial entities. Don't know what those are, but that's that's what they are. (laughs) But he has so much experience with them. Well, okay, so I'll get into my my section now. Okay. So, uh, personal, these are some personal stories and pop culture type things. So, a common thread with all of the stories of black-eyed children is that the children are uh, approaching like a house or a car and asking may we come in they're always asking if they can come in they're always not appropriately dressed or they look like they're from a different time period Mm -hmm. so they look like they're from like ancient like victorian type times and it's ancient okay (laughs) don't question it amanda okay not quite egyptian (laughs) going boss not freaking biblical they just got some fig leaves it's fine yeah we're not talking abs yeah so they're victorian looking uh when people encounter them they have a wave of fear or a very primal fear um, and then a lot of times, like Brian Bethel, people don't notice their eyes or their eyes will appear more normal. And then when they look away and look back type of thing, that's when they notice the all black with no whites, just completely black, mm. voidless, like a starless night. Soulless orbs. Soulless orbs. <laughs> you feel attached to this because of your black eyes? Yes. <laughs> soulless so orbs. my because I, myself. Kenzie's eyes are so brown. dark brown. They're very like... dark brown. They do have white around the outside. I'm not black eyed. I'm She's not. Lying. <laughs> I feel attached to this urban legend because it's where I come from. I am an interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial entity, so I thought I'd let you guys know. 
So I have two accounts of people's interactions with Black Eyed Children. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> so the first one comes from a man named Jake. And this website, I got it off of, is hatchetbookgroup.com. Jake didn't believe in Black Eyed Children. And so they he never thought, do. <laughs> right. Silly, silly boy. I'm tempting. Yes. Jinx themselves. Yes, exactly. Put himself into a trap by putting an ad on Craigslist. And he says, quote, Black Eyed Kids, I am not afraid of you. I want to meet you. 9 p.m. Wednesday. The park bench on the corner of 3rd and Washington. Show me why I'm wrong and I should be afraid. That's not a request for a prank. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? I he don't. literally was, like, was a prank. <laughs> Please screw me over. I want you to rob me. Um, okay, not a problem. Hurt me good. <laughs> hurt is me what good. I heard. Hurt so... Every Papa no. Papa no. Papa no. So every Wednesday he checks this bench because it's by his house. It's like a block away from his apartment. So he just comes by it on his way home mm-hmm. and kind of checks out the bench to see if the black eyed kids are there. But nothing is no one's there. There's like mm-hmm. random teenagers, random people that are How looking old is he? Yeah, hooligans. I have no idea. Probably Those in his twenties. Delinquents. <laughs> Juveniles. And so after about six months, six months, mind you, of him doing this bull shenanigan um he takes the ad down because he has them at the black eyed yes and maybe they're not on craigslist (laughs) but every week for six months he goes he posts that ad and goes to that bench every wednesday for six maybe it's not like out of his maybe that's like his routine and that's why he was like this is the time and date and stuff that we'll set so after six months he takes this ad down and one night a little after nine o'clock, he hears a knock on his door. So he instantly realizes it's, it's the black-eyed kids. And so a wave of fear rushes over him. His skin turns ice cold. He's mm. terrified. And so he answers the door, as you do. Mm. And so he says... Always answer the door with strangers. That's what I always say. Yes. He answers it with his voice or with the opening... He opens the door. The... No, he's a white man. Of course, he's a fool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he opens it, quote, There was a kid about nine years old, olive skin, dark hair, mm-hmm. solid black eyes, staring up at me. Can Slam I that door? Is what he says. Yeah. Oh, so really? he's frozen for a while in fear, and Jake says no and starts to close the door. And the kid says, We missed you at the park tonight. And so Jake then oh, realizes that he was being watched at the park bench. He was being watched. Well, he was watching. <laughs> and so he closes the door. <laughs> yep. And he's terrified, and the kid continues to knock. The second one, this one is Buckle Up, Ladies. I'm buckled. <laughs> so this is a couple in Vermont, and this comes from a website called weekandweird.com, which actually sounds like a pretty fun website I might check out later. <laughs> so uh, this couple lives in a rural town outside of Vermont, and it's one night around 2 a.m. During a snowstorm, they hear knocking on their door. So uh, the the woman wakes her husband up. As she should, because mm-hmm. I am not going in there alone. You yeah, know, I mean, we're so, not going in there at all. But wake okay. up! <laughs> so she wakes her husband up, and she checks. They check the door and see quote a boy and a girl um, who could not have been more than eight years old. Mm-hmm. They were dressed strangely and had odd haircuts. And the girl's mm-hmm. hair was very long and straight, and the boy had a dated haircut that looked almost like a bowl cut. They weren't dressed for winter. Um, so the lady, the wife, thinks they might be Mennonite children, which is you're wrong. You <laughs> know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> she know, says Mennonites. <laughs> she thinks she thinks that to herself. She thinks they're Mennonite children, but she also knows there's no Mennonite colonies around them, so she's very confused. It's also a snowstorm. Um, they're the children are not making eye contact and they ask if they can come in and the couple feels terrified, but they are worried for them, so they let them inside. I would too. Yeah, that's what the lady says. She says 
instinctively, I would let the children in, but I was terrified, but we still agreed to let them in. I know, um, it's so tricky. Oh, it would be so hard to decide what to do, because people use kids as, like, lures anyway, like, even if these weren't what they were. Right. You mean interdimensional ultra-terrestrial entities? <laughs> or Mennonite children. Um, or maybe they're just from the Village of the Damned. Mm, they're still. interdimensional ultra-terrestrial entities, but... They are. So, mistakes were made. So the wife um, goes to make hot chocolate for them, because she's a, an angel. Yeah. And the husband brings them into the living room. Do. They're this, not dressed for winter. They're not, and it's a snowstorm. The husband brings them into the living room and is asking them, you know, are they okay? Where are they? He asks where their parents are, uh-huh. and they say they'll be here soon. Is mm-hmm. what they replied. Ooky spooky. And so the couple has four cats, and they're acting <sighs> super weird. These cats that are normally very friendly and curious to see who's home, three of them are hiding. Don't know where it is. Um, the last cat that's out has its hair standing up and it's hissing and growling and freaking out. The wife goes back into the living room and her husband has his hands in his head, kind of holding his head, and he says he's very dizzy. Um, she looks at the children to go and give her, give them their hot chocolate and um, she notices their eyes are completely black. Just completely soulless orbs, which terrifies her, obviously. They ask, may we use the restroom? And so they get up and go together to the bathroom. And the husband... It's not that weird to me. I feel like if siblings were together in, like, a strange... Like, I feel like if I was, like, four or five and I had to go to the bathroom and my brother was there and I didn't know the place, I'd be like, we're going to the bathroom. Um, so the husband has a nosebleed, and so the wife goes to tend to that. Um, the children come out of the bathroom and say, our parents are here. Mm. And so they walk out of the house, leaving the door wide open. I feel like, how do you know? (laughs) They know. (laughs) When did they call them? Never. Not a Maybe they were behind them. Maybe it was call. like, Keys they're in the horse and buggy. <laughs> the Mennonites. The Mennonites. Uh, so the couple... We'll churn you some butter. <laughs> they're churning butter in the hallway. Um, so the couple sees, quote, two men standing by a black car, idling at the end of our driveway. The men looked like they were wearing black colored suits and were very tall, at least six feet. When my husband waved at them, they just stared at us, got in the car, and drove off. So over the next few months, uh, things are not great for this couple. Three of their cats run away. No. And the last one dies very violently, <gasps> but I will not, <laughs> I don't want to get into because it it's sad. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you how it died? No, it, it, it puked up blood and they found it in its own pool of blood Those in the living room. Those kids probably poisoned it. Yeah. So it was upsetty spaghetti. The husband at this point is now having frequent nosebleeds. When they keep going to the doctor, oh they can only diagnose it as very dry nasal passages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, and he's also diagnosed with an aggressive Dr. skin Amanda. cancer. <laughs> yeah, so he's diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. The wife is experiencing dizzy spells and nosebleeds and other symptoms that she didn't disclose in her story. Um, and so this story was called, I let the black-eyed children into my house and now I'm slowly dying, is what she titled it, actually. Like that. That's fun. And so the husband is expected to recover from the cancer, but um, they're plagued. And so that is Black Eyed Children for you guys. Mm. The freaky spooky. It's also a modern legend. A modern legend. Yeah, not an ancient one. All right, guys. So thank you for listening to the podcast with us. We had super fun researching this. Uh, We'll see you next movie night. And don't forget, there are 180 days till Halloween. Bye. 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 Pop hat would be nice. Yeah. My lady. My lady. My slender. Papa. Papa. Papa slender. Oh, we're weird. Okay. Uh, Slender man.
not making this up. I know. <laughs> Mackenzie's <laughs> laughing at all the victims. <laughs> no, it's just funny because it's like, it's like you just had slender before things. Slender sickness. Slender man. <laughs> slender people. Slender story. Slender children. This is a slender pasta about a slender man. We're going to teach about slender proxies in a minute. Why? Isn't, isn't slender pasta just angel hair food? Angel food? Angel, angel hair. hair. Angel, angel hair. Angel hair. Angel, 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 angel food. food. Cake. Yeah, angel food. Cake. That would be a great meal. Slender cake. Angel hair pasta and some angel food cake? I got a little time. Slender pasta and slender cake. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, the symptoms of, um, (laughs) spoiler, (laughs) I said nothing, (laughs) it is tonight, we always podcast at night, (laughs) um, it is Friday the 13th, June, June 1986 is a Friday, Friday the 13th is our club anniversary, that's pretty cool. Those interdimensional, ultra-terrestrial entities. Is this the joke? Yes. These maple circle farmers. Yeah, basically. I was like, oh, could go for a drink of that right now. Now, (laughs) So cut everything else out, and I know we have to cut it in half, but leave that in. (laughs) Everything but maple syrup. No, not really, though. (laughs) No!